Hello, welcome back everybody. Week 15 of the Cashing Points DFS live stream, DFS podcast, however you're consuming it, we appreciate y'all. Listen, I mean, this week has been nuts. We've already had two games moved off of the main slate. Seahawks Rams has been moved to Tuesday as has Washington and the Eagles. Both of those games are on Tuesday now. uh, So, you know, we condensed the slate here quite a bit. A couple things off the top. We got a new layout. It looks amazing. Ben always does an amazing job with the layout. We're going a little more vertical, a little more condensed. It looks great. Uh, You can see at the top of the screen, we are running early bird specials right now, 30% off up until February 13th, which is like right after the Super Bowl. So you got a little bit of time, but get 30% off right now. It's by far... Uh, the best deal we'll have for, for 2022. And if you've been rocking with us all this time, I uh, definitely want you guys to save a little bit of your cash in front of the holidays. So get on that now, 30% off until the Super Bowl. But uh, guys, uh, this has been, I mean, putting it lightly would be uh, saying this is a crazy week, but I mean, this is, I mean, Jesus, I've been working full-time in fantasy now for seven years. And I've, I mean, obviously COVID's changed all of our lives, but um, I mean, this, this week has just been absolutely insane. I was telling Scott before the show, I mean, working ahead this week has been like futile and Scott, I'm, I'm sure writing the, the slate breakdown and keeping up with everything this week uh, with DFS has been, has been a nightmare. So I know you're running on very, <laughs> very little sleep and running on fumes, but man, how are you, how are you holding up over there? And um, I mean, how you feel about the slate right now? Cause it's, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So a few things, one definitely do take advantage of our early bird, super early bird special, 30% off cheapest we're ever going to be. If you're like me, you're like, Oh, that's awesome. That's a great deal. I'm totally going to do that. And you just never do it. And then we're full price and you're mad at yourself. So do that right now, click, click try and, you know, pay for next year, get it at the cheapest price. Uh, two, I do not like this vertical layout. I'm, I, this is the first time I'm seeing it only because I'm super ADD and I know I'm going to have a, a really hard time staying in focus. I'm like actually not even in focus now. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, 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 to fix it, but I'm, I'm really technologically disabled as You're Johnny boomer, Scott. Everything's going vertical, man. Everything's vertical now. TikTok's vertical, Snapchat's vertical, Instagram's vertical. I, I know. And now I'm diagonal. Uh, three, what a, a cluster F of a slate. What a, what a cluster F of a day. The NFL, a total cluster F. This show is going to be an absolute mess. It's going to be legendary, though. It's going to be one you tell your kids about. They'll tell their kids. They'll tell their, their grandkids. Uh, you know, legendary. I remember where I was at watching the Cashing Points podcast back in week 15. Let me tell you, those boys got through it. I'll tell you what. Sorry. I like that. I like that. I like that voice. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm a cluster F right now. I, I did not sleep last night. I just, I, I have insomnia that flares up every now and then, but it's also, I think it was, I just like, didn't get a lot of work done and I was laying in bed and I was like, oh, I, I like hate that feeling. So I just didn't go to sleep and I just, chugged a lot of caffeine wrote like nine thousand words and then had to re-edit like four thousand words had to delete three thousand more write another two thousand and then a two and it's just like what a mess what an absolute mess johnny how are you good man uh 
you know, Scott would sleep a little better if he wasn't up on uh, Reddit scrolling the latest, uh, you know, clay diets at, at 3 a.m. <laughs> in bed, you know, blue light, bad for your uh, uh, sleep system in the evenings, but, you know, we'll get there. And to be fair, Scott, you used to be very vertical with your trash can overturned and your laptop on it. So <laughs> come on, man, this should be second nature. <laughs> the glory days. I refuse to buy a desk for my uh, apartment so or a coffee table even. So I just like would overturn my trash can and then set the laptop on top of it. And we did that for like a year. Yep. Bro, I, Ikea desks are like 60 bucks. You, you could have shelled out like 60 bucks at Ikea. Yeah. Shout out to, to Rumford Johnny who, who paypal me 50 bucks and was like, just buy a coffee table, which I did. It was, it was very nice. <laughs> Rummy's the man, always been the man. Uh, all right, guys, let's do it. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine games uh, main slate now with all of the moving and shuffling here. So um, the good news is it's actually kind of clean. I was going through all the injury reports um, uh, I, I, before the show, like I always do. And in terms of COVID, in terms of injuries, like with these nine games now, it's it's kind of clean, but it's not not a good slate. There's a lot of games now with just you know, the, you know the Bills are ten point favorites, Cardinals are do, uh, double digit favorites, Dolphins are double digit favorites, Cowboys are huge favorites. So it's it's still a pretty gross slate overall. But the good news is it's it's fairly clean. There's only a couple like really big news items we're waiting on, and we'll get us started here with Panthers and the Wait, Bills. Wait, so I, I just want to say a few things about the slate as a whole. Yeah. Uh, it is like a, a gross slate. You, you remove all these games, and it was already short on games anyway, so there, there wasn't a lot to like, uh, and, and there's so many different moving pieces even still where it's like, okay, unknown variables, but if this guy's out, then this other guy swings plus five points in his projection and he's a great play otherwise he's just a mediocre play or this guy does play and this guy's so so that makes it tricky but i i do think my grasp on this slate is really good really excited to talk all these plays uh a few things though like losing cooper cup now i have no idea how to build my lineups this week yeah. uh but outside of that i i, I do think uh I think we have a big edge because we're, we're up to date on everything. And uh, I, I think I have a really good grasp on the slate. Yeah. That's the thing is, is running back this week is, is an absolute nightmare. I mean, it was really bad before those games got moved and it's, it's especially bad now. Um, so yeah, figuring out, I mean, where to spend up is, is, is going to be really hard this week, but let's do it. Uh, Panthers bills, uh, bills, 11 point favorites over under 44 and a half. And um, this is like maybe the only game this week that's pr- like pretty much 100% clean for COVID. Uh, injury notes I have, Manny Sanders is out. He's got a knee injury. He's going to miss this week. And DJ Moore was limited all week with a hamstring. Josh Allen was actually just taken off the injury report um, a uh, like literally a couple minutes ago. Uh, ben, I like the side swipe there with that uh, Panthers-Bills game. That's nice, man. That's nifty. Um, all right. Allen's good to go. Um, Johnny, man. Um, I mean, we've seen plenty of times where Josh Allen has, you know, the highest ceiling on the slate. Uh, he's fully healthy. And now we have like a pretty condensed, um, target tree between, you know, Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. Um, how do the bills shake out for you here this week? Yeah. Josh Allen joined, uh, the double bonus club last week. 
Um, he, you know, <clears throat> continues to be the guy, you know, pretty much the only guy in the NFL that has that in his range of outcomes uh, every week. And, you know, it's never, it hasn't been pretty for the Bills this year, and I don't think it will really ever be pretty for them this year. But this is a Panthers team that is just, um, I, I hope, I think, Matt Rule is a, is a dead man walking. Uh, this Panthers team is just a total garbage organization at this point. Um, DJ Moore banged up, you know, no CMC. Um, I worry what Allen's ceiling is here because I, am, I don't know if the Panthers are going to show up. Um, you know, they are 12 point favorites, um, right? Still 12 point favorites. Yeah, I'm seeing 11. 11 uh, yeah, I, I think so, I saw 11 and a half last night, but yeah, I mean, it's moved all week. I think they opened at 10 and it's just kind of crept up all week. Yeah, so it's just it's tough for me to play. Um, Allen with the foot as such a big favorite against sort of just a dead team, but I mean, obviously, you still have you have the same. Same thing with Kyler, Allen and Kyler are sort of your, your top two ceilings. Um, but I probably, probably prefer Rogers at, at the top. Um, but man, it's, it, it's a weird slate where there's no one to pay up for and you still can't get excited about the top two quarterbacks because they're not good games. Yeah. I will just say historically for both Kyler and Josh Allen, especially Kyler, uh, uh, the spread really has, has never mattered. Uh, Kyler actually averages like 27 fantasy points per game when Arizona is favored by seven or more. Uh, but I think to your point, a, a big factor there is mobility and that may be lacking from Josh Allen. Otherwise it's a cover one heavy matchup and he historically smashes against cover one. Uh, I don't love digs. I mean, like when, when cup was back on the slate, I, I wasn't even really going to plan on writing him up. Uh, he's going to get shadow coverage from Stefan Gilmore, who hasn't played a ton, though he's back to being a full-time player the past few weeks, and he's been excellent, one of PFF's highest-graded cornerbacks. Um, I also think Diggs has been a little overrated this year. Uh, even last week, Carlton Davis was shutting him out before he suffered an injury. Uh, yeah, Gabriel Davis on Tuesday, I thought, was the best value play of the slate. It's uh, there, there's some competition there now, but he's he's no doubt an amazing play. Um, he has a great cornerback matchup. Uh, and any way you want to break this down, he's just looking like a massive value. Is he who he was last week? Is he who he has been historically when he gets 66 plus percent of the, the snaps? Is he basically just Emmanuel Sanders? Is he his his per route numbers adjusted to an 80% route share. Is he blah, blah, blah. Just a amazing smash value. Uh, really good matchup. Also really good coverage shell matchup. A, a coverage shell cover one he historically does really well against. I think Beasley. Beasley is sort of your pivot too, where I think Diggs is going to be popular just because you have to pay up for people and they're going to pair Allen with Diggs and with Davis. You know, that's going to be the popular double stack and um you know if Gilmore shuts down digs then I think Beasley Davis is your more interesting double stack yeah Scott to your point about usage um after Sanders left that game he actually led the team in routes run uh, that second half there so I think he's he's full-time now 
And, you know, I mean, they're just going to go three wide and they don't run the ball. So, I mean, I, I hear you that the Panthers are probably going to get stomped and not show up, but I mean, the Bills don't run the ball. Uh, I think this will be a week where like Zach Moss is active and they're going to run it a little, a little more than, than they usually do. But my only worry, my only worry is like, how much does Allen run with yeah. the foot? That's now that's, that's the scarier point is, is Allen not being hundred percent. He was removed from the injury report. Um, which is a great sign, but, but yeah, that'd be my concern too. Um, yeah, no interest in Panthers. Maybe Robbie if DJ Moore sits. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're picking a bring back, it's Robbie. But I don't think you need to. I think this is another one of those games we've talked about plenty of them this year that you don't you don't have to. Right. Um, Brandon Silstra if DJ Moore is out. <laughs> hey preseason you can, you can stack him with his brother yeah brandon, brandon zilstra is my most profitable dfs player of my entire life <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a true dj man but i don't think i'll play him here <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think robbie's kind of interesting um apparently one of the reasons rule fired brady among you know him just What's so funny is Rule fired Brady, and then he brought in one of his guys from Temple. Uh, Joe Nixon's his name. It's just clearly, I mean, just yeah, anyway. Uh, one of the things that Brady got fired for is not getting Robbie involved, and uh, I mean, he got twelve targets last week. And camp sucks. Phil, you know, PJ Walker's even worse. But um, Panthers are going to get going to get roasted in this game. Boeing should be there, especially if DJ Moore's out. So I think it's kind of interesting at least, but still yeah. not really for it. And I, I would have interest in Cam if we could, if we knew we could get 100% snaps, but, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think we can confidently say that at all. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, Rule's been like, oh, we're going to run the ball more. It's like, okay, fine. Uh, but keep Cam on the field. Like, he's your only, he's your best bet for like running the read option stuff, getting him on the move. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. They're completely it's because walker was a temple right so it's like it's yeah. like he's being too nice to his guy yeah we also watched pj walker in the xfl completely ball out too i'm sure that, that helps uh in chat d montgomery thank you for signing up man thanks for not procrastinating i'm a big procrastinator um so i, I always appreciate when people are on top of it um because i can't be so appreciate you man uh cardinals lions next game up uh, Cardinals are huge favorites here, 13 points. That's been on the move all week. It's continued to go up. Uh, Over-under is 47 and a half. Uh, Cardinals got some good injury news this morning. James Conner should be good to go. Same with Chase Edmonds. He could have played last week, but I think they just kind of want to give him one more week off the ankle. Uh, you know the deal with the Lions at this point. Swift's out. Hawk is on. Season-ending IR with the hand injury. Uh, and now Josh Reynolds has popped up with like some sort of thigh injury on Thursday. I haven't seen much more uh, from that. I also really haven't had a chance to look in the lines too much this week, but uh, yeah, they're, they're in a trouble spot here. So we're going to see, you know, Craig William, uh, Craig Reynolds and uh, Godwin Igwe DK and, and all those guys again here. Um, but yeah, Johnny, I think you mentioned it off the top. The call this week is, is, you know, Allen versus Kyler versus Rogers and um you know, I think we're concerned with Allen's running ability, but I'm also concerned that Kyler just like won't have to run all that much this week. He's been running way more as of late, which is great, but 
Um, I mean, if they get up on the Lions, they're just going to slow down and, and run the ball. Uh, over the last eight weeks, Cardinals are seventh uh, in run rate, and they're their eighth slowest team in pace when they're leading, and they're obviously going to have a have a lead here. And, you know, especially with Chase Edmonds back, I think we could see quite a bit of running in the, in the second half. Um, but, yeah, general thoughts on this game here, guys. Yeah, so, so like I said, uh, in Kyler Murray's career, when the team is favored by seven or more points, he averages 26.7 fantasy points per game, not DK fantasy points per game, seven such instances. Uh, when the total is over 27, 15 such games, he averages 25.2. They have far and away the highest total of the slate. Like you said, he's running more. Detroit is giving up a lot of production on the ground, but they're actually the least – efficient pass defense uh, by, you know, uh, uh, fantasy points allowed per pass attempt, uh, fourth worst in opposing passer rating, uh, but they're, they're middle of the pack in yards per carry allowed to running backs. That's the argument for him. I, I actually do really like him even without DeAndre Hopkins, but if you want to make a case for, for Rogers later, you can do that. Uh, something I thought was, I, I thought I like stumbled upon the nuts. I, I really, was prepared to go all in on Chase Edmonds because like you said, he could have played last week. The reports were uh, they don't like it when a guy didn't get in a full week of practice. So they'd rather just play it safe and Arizona notoriously conservative with injuries. So I didn't think James Conner was going to play. And then we have this really long sample where Cliff Kingsbury is like Sean Payton, where if one of the, the two in his backfield tandem is, is hurt, He'll go full on bell cow. That, that's happened with Connor. That's happened with Edmonds. And so I thought he was the smash nuts play. Uh, really surprised to, to hear Connor's going to be playing. And so are a lot of the most notable injury experts. Um, Dr. Gene Bramble, who's excellent, said like he really didn't think he would play. And then even if he suits up, he thinks he's going to be like severely limited. This is a few days ago, however. Uh, so maybe he's in play as a GPP play, but this news scares me off of him, but, uh, you know, six hours ago, I, I really thought he was the nuts and I didn't think a lot of people, uh, would land on him. No one was talking about him. And then, uh, believe it or not, all three wide receivers are in play, uh, and the tight end. So, so we need to talk about that. Yeah. I like Christian Kirk quite a bit, led the team in routes, uh, with nuke out in those three games. Um, and I mean, we know, we know Kyler is going to take some shots here for as long as he has to throw in the lines have been really bad against deep balls this year. Um, Kirk actually had 20 deep targets uh, while Nuke had 22 in all of their games played this year. So um, yeah, like, like Kirk quite a bit here. Um, Proctor, what are your thoughts? Um, I like Kirk and I like green, but I, I think like for tournaments, I'll probably just lean whichever is going to be least owned. Um, feel like Kirk is going to be more owned just because people never want to play AJ green. Um, and then um, I also think Rondell Moore is a little interesting. Um, I just think they're, you know, they, they have to use him now, you know, like Nook is done. So, um, but it really depends, you know, if, if Rondell Moore is going to be 8% owned or something, I probably have no interest, but if he's going to be like two or three, then I have some interest, but I was with Scott. I wanted to just be all in on 
Chase Edmonds. Um, I think I still might have a decent amount of um, of him. I don't think anyone is going to play him now. I mean, with Connor back, I think he'll be what you know, two, three percent owned, if that. So I was I, think I was so excited to talk to you yeah. about it because like I haven't heard anyone say anything, and I knew if anyone would land on him and feel the conviction I felt, it would be you. I just, well, I, I, I thought we haven't talked was, about Edmonds in like, yeah. in like months, but it's just I like, thought the slate was solved. I thought the slate was solved. Same. And, th- same. and then they're like, Oh yeah, Connor's going to play. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck this. I, I really, really did not think he would play. I mean, um, it, it really could be just in a total like emergency role. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Benjamin stinks. <laughs> I mean, it really, it, we could see, you know, 60% snaps for chase. And if he's going to be low owned, um, then it's, I think he's still a strong play. It's, a, this, it's like, a GPP play, but it's just, we have these annoying comments from Kingsbury or, or from, from Kingsbury saying like Connor's good to go, et cetera, et cetera. So ugh. the, the injury experts all were like, this was a high ankle. It had swelling. He got the MRI. It ended up not being a high ankle, but at the same time, like if you're getting an MRI, like, you know, you wouldn't expect to play the, the next week, but here we are. Uh, but let's go back to the wide receiver. So Wes is, is unanimous on AJ Green being the best play of the group. I, I agree. Jake seemed to agree. Um, he's, he's fresh off of an 11 target, 20 fantasy point day. Uh, he's just like a really strong value. It seems to me he has a, a, a really good matchup, but it would not surprise me at all if they just used Kirk as the featured wide receiver one, where they moved him around the line of scrimmage, put him in favorable matchups. The favorable matchups are definitely on the outside. Um, I don't think Rondell Moore is in play at all. I think he is the... Andy Isabella of this offense. Uh, I think Antoine Wesley is in play as a, a punt. Uh, he's going to be running basically. I mean, he was a, a full-time player uh, when, when DeAndre Hopkins was out weeks nine through 11, 76% route share just didn't really do anything. Uh, but Kyler Murray was out as well. Uh, he's going to run nearly all of his routes against uh, Savion Smith, who just joined this team uh, a couple of days ago. And, hasn't played a single snap this year and uh, has never played on more than 12 snaps in any game of his career. Um, and so he's minimum price. There's, there's a lot of minimum price guys. I, I just, the, the, the Antoine Wesley stuff, like you, one thing that we have to remember is that like they kept thinking Hopkins was going to be back. Like they kept thinking he was going to come back, thinking he was going to come back, thinking he was going to come back. So like, I don't necessarily think, we're going to see the same setup from when Hopkins was missing weeks previously as like, now they know he's gone for two months or six weeks or whatever. So like, they're going to change the offense. And I think Cliff is like a little bit like, you know, overrated or whatever, but he has shown this year that they have done more than they did last year. So I think we see something a little bit different. So I would still rather play Rondale than a guy like Wesley, but 
you know, I, I get it that he could be a zero. My concern with Rondell is like his ADOT is literally one yard and now Chase is back. And, you know, Chase will you know, take a lot of those kind of shallow targets, don't we think? Yes. And I think that's a good thing. I don't want Rondale in the role where he's getting the Chase Edmonds okay. targets. Yeah, that's fair. I want um, Rondale as the wide receiver three. And I think he has a chance to be there for the next five weeks. Any interest? This just makes me kind of want neither of them. Uh, if I, I agree with Johnny's, which I, I don't think I do, but but that's fine. Maybe it's enough to, to have me reduce exposure. Then Kirk would be the best play because the, the, the barrier for Rondale to get running actual routes, he's a clear part-time player right now, is that Kirk is in the slot 60% of the time. So he's just vying for that, whatever's left over of that. So they kick Kirk outside and Kirk gets that Antoine Wesley matchup, which is like a guy who is probably not even starting in the XFL. So it's just like a, a smash, smash matchup. Uh, but th- this is basically like the slate in a nutshell where it's, there's just, everything is uncertain. Well, the flip side to all of this guy is like Zach Ertz is a full-time player now and he's running right. wide receiver routes. He, yeah. he runs wide receiver routes. I mean, we just spent this whole time talking through all these guys and like Ertz, I think Ertz is a really strong play too. I mean, Lions just got completely dusted by Albert O and, and Fant last week. Um, and he's, I mean, he's going to run around on 85, 90% of the dropbacks. He's going to get some, and he's going to outscore Kyle Pitts this week again. It's one of your greatest. Jesus. He's, he's a tight end 10 on uh FanDuel. Yeah. He's, he's the right price on DK, but yeah, he's, he's too cheap over there, man. He's a good player. Yeah. His splits without Nook are good too. Yep. Yeah, he led this team in target share, actually, with Nuke out, but obviously all of that came with McCoy, so. Um, have you written cool. him up anywhere, Graham? Uh, I mean, I have my rundown where I have all my notes and shit, but I, I haven't put him on the site anywhere now. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, uh, I lean Kyler over Allen. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, so do I. And I think one thing too, so everyone single stacks Kyler. And the reason that everyone has been single stacking Kyler is because DeAndre Hopkins was, you know, 9,000 and, you know, he, or 8,000, whatever he was. And like, he was the best wide receiver play, but he had no value at his cost. So you would just stack Kyler with the secondary plays. Well, now it's all secondary plays. So if I'm playing Kyler, I'm double stacking him because these guys are too cheap for me to just play one of them. And I think the field is going to single stack him still. And I think that's, that's bad and it's wrong. Uh, there's, there's one more guy in play. Uh, I'm just going to make the pitch and, and you guys tell me how in play he is. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has seen 12 targets in back-to-back games. Uh, also had a carry averages 20.1 fantasy points per game. It's running around on 93% of the team's dropbacks, 62% coming from the slot. Um, he's, he's got a price bump though. So he's, he's a high-end wide receiver three by pricing. But he's easy to fit when you game stack this game because the Cardinals pass catching options are so cheap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring up Amon Ra too, Scott. Um, he's actually running more routes out wide recently too. Um, he was full-time slot to start this year and finally starting to get some more, uh, 
work at flanker and i'd imagine that'll be the case too if, if reynolds is limited he's got that thigh i think i mentioned um yeah he's the only other guy on the lions that's remotely in play i think uh i was just looking at fanduel what's he at over there what are you looking for i was looking at fanduel here he's 5900 yeah, I think I prefer him on DK. On yeah, I yeah, prefer him on DK too. Yeah. 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 All right. Moving on. Texans and the Jags. Um, Urban Meyer's gone, man. It's, uh, you know, it, it had to be done. Shad Khan had to do it. Um, look, I mean, I grew up watching this team in middle, high school, and college. There are a shit ton of Gator fans in the area, and Shad Khan brought in Urban for the specific reason to sell tickets to those fans, and it backfired in like the worst way possible. Um, it's just it, watching this like, you know, pit, but play out over the last uh, couple of weeks. It's just been insane. I got a couple of buddies that work in the ticket office, and it's just been mayhem over there. Um, so poor, poor Herb, Di- oh. died a martyr. He did everything he could to distract. <laughs> All, all Americans from the fact that Trevor Lawrence was a colossal bust and oh, this is baby. how we repay him. Oh, baby. Mm. Who's, who's, gonna a better, say who's a better that, quarterback right now, Blake Bortles or Trevor Lawrence? Legitimate question. Johnny's wearing the shirt. Did you know that? Wait, what? <laughs> Can we see your shirt? Stand up, Johnny. Blake Bortles. Undefeated. Oh, oh, that is so sick. Undefeated in 194 countries. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you didn't even know that. That's awesome. It's the it's the goat tongue. He's doing the the tongue like that goat the goat yeah. meme. <laughs> what, a, what a legend! I just had to bring it out because, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, "We're gonna get Blake this week, man. Come on, give it to me." <laughs> and you have a you have a Brian Hartline jersey in the background too. He might be able to suit up. I do, man. The land shark. The land shark. Uh, so so uh, one thing like an issue I have is when I write the XFP report, I just like try and hit on all of the most obvious and glaring plays to me. And then as I work through the week, I have to like write up everyone else. But like along the way, I like sell myself on thinner plays and like forget about the glaring plays I wrote up super early on. I did uh, the cage match with Al Smizzle, and I think I smashed my lineup. I think my lineup was awesome, especially after like some news broke my way. But uh, yeah, I, I had James Robinson in that. I'm thinking James Robinson is just like, yeah, man. is he the nuts now? Like, it, like yeah. even yeah. back then it felt a little risky, and now it, it should feel risky, but it doesn't at all. Nah, he's the nuts, dude. I mean, I think in terms of like expectation, you have to boost his floor like if you were to give okay if you were to give j-rob a median projection on tuesday it'd be like 11 points i mean with herb gone it's got to be a boost of like three to four i mean herb is gone carlos hyde is in the concussion protocol he's out this is hides out he's out yeah that's fine sorry uh is james robinson practicing like in full yet though so Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, they said they're going to start giving J-Rob Thursdays off because of all of his injuries. So he missed Thursday again this week, and that's normal for him. So oh, that's, I'll, a, that's a good note. Yeah. I'll be looking to see what he does today because I haven't yeah. seen him. Full practice today. Oh, really? Okay. There you go. Yep. Wheels up. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, and the other thing is uh, Bevel ha has like keeps talking about it. It's like, no, we're going to play our best players. So now you have to back that up. Now you really, he saw a 64% snap share, only six touches last week, but he's definitely going to get play. Uh, we've seen him smash in a bell cow role before all of last year, despite brutal game script. And this is like the first time the Jaguars actually have good game script. Their, their spread has risen following the five, <laughs> yeah, five point of, favorites now. Yeah. I think, yeah, so, I, I think some of that's irrational. If you want my honest opinion, I, who cares? I, I love it. <laughs> it's still Herb, Herb, Herb is worth negative two points to his team. <laughs> uh, and then it's just like the dream matchup. Uh, Texans ranked second worst in yards per carry allowed, worst in yards per game allowed to opposing running backs. Oh, just over the last two weeks, five rushing touchdowns, 355 rushing yards. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's a smash. Uh, I just saw a tweet. They uh, they actually pulled J. Rob from the injury report. So there you go. He's even bigger smash now. Yeah. Bigger One thing smash. I'll note. So when Silva was going on his rant earlier in the week about like how Daryl Bevel should be head coach or whatever. And obviously that worked out. Shot this into that. <laughs> but um, what, what Silva was talking about was that the, I guess the <clears throat> notes from the beats or whatever is that I guess Urban Meyer has had the majority of the control over the offense. And mm -hmm. yep. so Daryl Bevel getting the control over the offense, I think is, oh, wow. is pretty huge. If he hasn't had like Bevel's, I like, you know, Bevel's one of those head coaches that you're not like, upset of, or offensive coordinators that you're not like upset about going to a team he's been solid decent track record so I think it's a pretty big boost for um the I mean, we all hated him when he was in Seattle right and he, he he sucked in Detroit too I mean he's Bevel was honestly the best OC Seattle's <laughs> had in the Carroll era yeah he was he just frustrating because he was so run heavy yeah. he was he was like but that's good for James Robinson. he was like okay he wasn't like horrible you know, which like in the NFL these days is like, you know, a high bar to be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it was obvious that Urban's hands were all over the game planning too. And it's what made the, you know, him fucking throwing his coaches under the bus, even more egregious. Like, Oh, I don't know who's out there. It's like, dude, no, you know exactly who's out there. You're pulling all the fucking strings. Like, yeah. Um, I think I think Marv Jones is kind of interesting now too. That was that's Bevel's guy. I mean, we want to we if we want to take it next level with James Robinson theory. Visca uh, too. I mean, just just play the best players on the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lavisca's not good, so there's that. But well, he's Marvin better Jones than he's is. better than Tavon Austin. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. Johnny, you might be better than Tavon Austin. He's better than Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's it's definitely a smaller boost for Laviska, but I, I do think Marvin Jones is 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 somewhat interesting too. Um, I mean, this offense has just been so dead. Lawrence has been so dead. I mean, they have so. I mean, you know, not to go too far down merit, narrative street, but I mean, all of these players and coaches have so much incentive just to like send the biggest fuck you to Urban. Um, I they're they're gonna come out playing hot, man. For me, uh, it's it's just a matter of ownership. Like, I want to play the Jaguars. But if if this is going to become a popular thing where everyone wants to be on them, yeah. uh, then I'll probably pull my exposure. But I think, you know, especially James Robinson is going to be highest on running back on the slate uh, at this at this point. Um, so I think the Trevor Lawrence double stacks are are pretty interesting, um, especially when it's you know, it's easy to pick 
guys on the other side to play, you know, it's, it's Brandon cooks, it's David Johnson, I guess, Brevin Jordan. What? Isn't Burkhead out? Nah, he has a chance. Mm-hmm. Cully city. So, so, so first of all, no, second of all, I mean, like, I cannot get on board with a, a double stack of, of these guys, man. I like cooks bringing it back with cooks is fine. against Shaq Griffin and shadow coverage. No. That one, that one's tricky for me. Is because... Griffin going to shadow? Because Cooks has been running more in the slot. All right. So that's exactly what I was going to say. I, okay. I hate Cooks. I've gotten him wrong so many weeks now. He had four consecutive perfect matchups. It, honestly, every single one was top five. Last week on paper was a bottom three matchup. Uh, Seattle, the top slot funnel top three against outside wide receivers, bottom three against slot wide receivers. And so for the first time he had run just 20, I think just 30% of his routes from the slot last week, he jacked it up to 65%. So that's the question because it's, it's again, it's, if you move him to the slot away from Shaq Griffin shadow coverage, it's a top 10 matchup. If it's, if he gets Shaq Griffin, it's a bottom 12 matchup at least. And so if they just move him back to the slot, which would be really sharp, then okay, he's a great play. But again, this is one of those things on a really tricky slate where it's just, we don't, we don't know those answers and it's just, you know, GPP play, you know, the, go for the, the best. The Jaguars running back is going to be the highest owned player on the slate. So just think about that. So like, right. if we think they show up, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the biggest leverage off of him that you can have, unless, you know, if Lawrence ends up being you know, projections are starting to like him around the industry because, you know, people are boosting, boosting their projections because they're now five point favorites, you know, so a 22 point team total, it's, you know, it's more than, um, you know, the Steelers, it's more than, you know, it's almost the Broncos, et cetera. So like, he's going to start projecting. Okay. So if he's going to be six, 7% owned, I don't, I don't want him, but if he's going to be one or 2% owned, I, I do have interest in him because we have a, fairly large sample size that Trevor Lawrence is good at football in college. Um, the only sample that we have in the NFL is with urban Meyer. So either urban Meyer is the worst head coach, like in NFL history, which is probably more likely than Trevor Lawrence is bad, but Trevor Lawrence hasn't been good. So no one's going to play him. Yeah. So, so here's what I think is, is the better play Davis mills. And I know you're going to laugh at that. I kn- I knew it. Uh, week five shredded New England like no other quarterback has. Uh, since then, New England is giving up nine fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. He passed for 312 yards, three touchdowns, 141.7 pass rating. Uh, week eight, 310 passing yards, two touchdowns. Last week, uh, he didn't have an incompletion until like the third quarter or something like that. And so if you look at the coverage sh- shells that New England ran out, the Rams ran out and Seattle ran out in the first half. Uh, that's exactly the coverage shells that Jacksonville plays predominantly. And like all the, the ra- and that's that's what they're probably going to play this week because they do it every single week. So Wes Huber <clears throat> loves Davis Mills. And like, this, listen, this guy just doesn't miss. His contrarian plays have been super sharp. So I like that as a GPP play because people are thinking like you're thinking. They're thinking, oh, I'm going to play Trevor Lawrence, uh, no urban, he's going to smash now. But no one's thinking about Davis Mills, who has the superior pass catchers. I, Jake Tribby loves Laquan Treadwell 
bless his heart, but like, I don't want to gamble on that. I don't want to gamble on James O'Shaughnessy, on LaVisca. I, to me, to me, Brandon Cooks, Davis Mills makes way more sense. I'm also, just laughing, I'm just laughing because funny. this isn't the first time I've heard this take. I've heard it on other stuff this week. Oh, damn. Just that Davis Mills is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, which, oh, is, he, you know, God. he just, he just isn't. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a fucking take for everything these days. It's unbelievable. I mean, obviously he's been better, but I, I like in my heart believe that it, it has been impossible for Lawrence to succeed. So, I mean, the, the point you, you brought up that urban had significant control over the offense. I, I just didn't know that. Like that's huge. That is massive. Like in terms of play calling Lawrence yeah. runs, man. Dude, urban said this. Hey, that's a good point too. Urban said this back. Um, I remember doing this for, for franchise focus, just like digging through the Jaguar stuff. I mean, he said when they hired Bevel, he said it's going to be my offense and Bevel will have, you know, some say over it. Yep. He, he he said that from the get go. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember like uh, when everyone was like trashing the Jaguars for not letting Lawrence run like early in the season, and then he had those two games where he it was like three games in a row where he uh, yeah here it is. Six, eight, seven attempts, ran for 30, 36 and one, 28 and one. And it was like, okay, like they're starting to get him running. And then that was like the last time he saw more than three rushing attempts for like six weeks. Well, and that was like the only, that's like the only thing that has worked in the offense this year, like consistently is Lawrence running. So maybe Bevel will go back to it. I mean, yeah. And in those three weeks where he ran, he scored 18, 23, and 20 fantasy points so you know it's in he it's in his capabilities to put up a decent game and run for 50 yards and a touchdown obviously if he does run for a touchdown then it's that's what kills James Robinson I mean obviously James Robinson's is the best play on the slate at running back that's just is what it is but on this week he's going to be I mean he's going to be 30 percent owned in the millimeter yeah, it's going to be ridiculous yeah yeah uh, real quick on the Texan side, Brevin Jordan didn't practice today and Burkhead is questionable. Yeah, that was, I was looking that up on Burkhead. It's like, Cauley said he, he was out yesterday. And then today he said he has a chance. So whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. It's still gross though. I mean, Royce and DJ will be some sort of rotation. If it doesn't, we don't get uh, Burkhead doesn't play. I would imagine DJ will be like all the passing down stuff. Royce just right. had to catch six balls last week because they had nothing else. Right. And that's where I just, I, I only consider David Johnson sort of as like a, a bring back in stacks because I think he's your best chance to get targets. But if Burkhead is in, I don't want any of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jets Dolphins here, guys. Dolphins are 10 point favorites over under is 42 uh jet side um they're gonna get michael carter back off of ir he's gonna be their starter uh solace is gonna have a significant role they're gonna get tevin coleman back too but uh, yeah, i i think we're gonna see a lot of michael carter here uh dolphins backfield is, is cleared up uh, miles gaskin and salvin ahmed are both off the covid list here um so gaskin will be back in his normal you know normal role where he gets 23 touches and averages four yards a touch and scores but malcolm brown might be back yes yeah malcolm brown will be back um might be so they said what flores said today 
that Malcolm Brown has done good things in practice, but we have more guys available now, so we'll see. Ooh, okay. Then that shit, that probably means they'll sit him out here. So if they do sit him out, I like Gaskin. If Malcolm Brown plays, I uh, yeah. like him a little less. Yeah. Uh, two of them, man. Um, obviously, Waddle's out, COVID list. Um, they changed the um, the protocols now. If he's vaxxed and asymptomatic, he just has to test negative once, but he's got to do that by Saturday uh, tomorrow. So Waddle is most likely out, but um, – yeah, Tua, Parker, Gasicki, Scott, you saw all of those guys. I mean, I know I know we talked through them a little bit earlier this week, and we both liked them. Yeah, so uh, on Tuesday, I, I really thought Tua stacks were the key to the week. Uh, I loved Waddle and then Waddle out. I think Parker's probably a better play than Gabriel Davis. Um, it was already close to me with Waddle projected to play. Um, I mean – uh, Miami's implied point total is 31% more than their per game average. And I, I really love jumping on plays like that, especially when they're that high. Um, and I mean, the Jets defense is one of the most exploitable anywhere. They're super vulnerable to quarterbacks, to running backs, to wide receivers, tight ends. Two has also been significantly better than he's getting credit for, especially from a fantasy perspective. <clears throat> Uh, he's averaging 19.1 fantasy points per game in full games or uh, um, 19.6 per four quarters. That would rank eighth or seventh best. He's QB 12 on DraftKings. So even in a neutral matchup, that would be, you know, a great value. But this is the best matchup. Jets rank dead last in opposing passer rating. Uh, they've given up 18.5 fantasy points to a quarterback in nine of their last 10 games. Only one of those quarterbacks ranks 10 uh, top 10 in fantasy points scored uh, bottom three in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed. Uh, and then, like I said, Parker was already showing to be a top value to me uh, among all slate eligible wide receivers. Uh, he ranked 12th in targets per game, 18th in XFP per game, 21st in fantasy points per game. So the wide receiver 49 on DraftKings. Uh, by Here's Saturday. my question for you, Scott. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit in, in DMS earlier. Does, does Parker's role even change though, or does he continue to play the 50 50 ball outside wide receiver? And does Albert Wilson move into the Jalen Waddle role? Uh, well, like, do we get, do we get Mike Williams here? Well, well, it, it's, it's a few things. It's a few things. One, like I said, it doesn't really matter because he's already clearly a value and in these numbers are somewhat skewed for the fact that just remember, he'll be the, like the highest owned wide receiver on DraftKings. Right. Well, he played a limited role in his last game. And I think Waddle clearly was like the target hog. So I do think he gets something. Yes, Albert Wilson, uh, it's good for him because his natural position's in the slot. So Waddle's not there anymore. Uh, the question with him, Johnny, is it, is he still like, he held out last year. I, I loved him as a player a couple of years back. It seemed like he could just house a five-yard yeah, dump off. He's had juice this year. He hasn't scored a touchdown. He, the numbers yeah, but, aren't But he had like a – it was like a 50-yard catch or whatever, and he looked looked good. I mean, he just hasn't played very much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, he's in play. I, I question the upside. I question the touchdown upside, but that's like just about every punt. And he's, he's definitely cheap, but yeah, I mean, I think just on paper, Parker is, is, do you think he's a better value than, than Gabriel Davis? Because I do. I think they're, they're close. I, I, um, you, to answer your original question, I think he goes back to the role we saw really early on. And then, and then, uh, um, Bert is basically like a slightly watered down rookie Bambi version of Waddle who, who is still getting his legs under him. Yeah. So I just pulled this up um, back to, uh, week 13, their last game. Wilson ran 28 routes, 21 of which were from the slot. So. Oh, the, the other thing you're going to like, Johnny, is do you remember uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick praising Parker saying, yeah, he's a beast against zone coverage. Uh, he he just knows how like where the the soft spots are before you know the play even uh, the ball gets snapped or whatever. That was against a predominant cover three defense, and he shredded. And this is another cover three defense. That, I thought that was a great uh, pull by West. I'm just remembering. So I'm remembering a game last year where. Um, there was an injury on the doll. I'm trying to remember who was hurt, but everyone played uh, Devontae Parker. Like everyone went all in on Devontae Parker and he didn't do very much, but Jakeem Grant crushed and he was min-priced. Um, and it was like, he was playing in the slot and everyone talked about how like Tua just like refuses to throw these 50-50 balls to Parker on the outside and, you know, versus where Ryan Fitzpatrick would throw them to him on the outside. Um, I mean, I'm not seeing a single game where Jakeem Grant smashed last year. I'm, I think maybe it was, it might've been someone other than Jakeem Grant then. I'll, I'll Either way, he yeah. outscored Devonte Parker and he was min price and Parker was like 6K. And if you played Grant instead of Parker, you won on the slate. And if you played Parker, then you didn't win. It was like sort of like the de- deciding thing in cash games where Grant was... <sighs> I don't, I don't remember who it was, for example. I know it happened, though. I promise you it happened. Parker was like the highest owned wide receiver on the slate, and he busted. Um, he just had like an okay game. So that's – like I think, I think Tua has evolved from there. I still think Parker's a good play. I just worry about like a 30% owned Devontae Parker when, when we've seen him fail with Tua I mean, in this I mean – He's he's only nine hundred more than Albert Wilson, so it's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's not the price that price is like irrelevant on this slate at this point. It's just one's going to be three percent, if that, and one's going to be twenty five. Uh, Lynn Lynn Bowden, week fourteen. That might have been. It might have been Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden. Isaiah Ford, week two. It might have been Bowden. It was probably Bowden. That was probably what it was. Uh, well, then why not Jasicki? I, I feel like I feel like uh, they just rotate these stupid tight ends, man. Just, just yeah, but Gasicki's Gis- a—I mean, he's a wide receiver. It's it's the same thing as Ertz. Like he's he's not an inline player. So so do we see him? Do we see like am I? Are we all just wrong? And does Gasicki just play ninety percent slot this week and? 
absolutely think, smashes a tight end. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Definitely possible. Because like Smythe and these other dudes, like Shaheen, they, they're strictly inline players. I think Shaheen's hurt too, by the way. I remember seeing him on the injury report. Uh, yeah, Shaheen has a knee injury. He's been limited all week. But uh, yeah, it looks like it was week 14, 2020. Parker got two targets, but he also got hurt. He, he played 33% of snaps. That wouldn't have been it then. I Dude, I think it's Jakeem Grant, and I think it might have been the did Tua play the Chargers game? Yep. It was the Chargers game. How many how many fantasy points did Jakeem Grant score? Not a he lot. went four forty-three and one and Parker went two thirty-one and zero. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, two, I'm just, two only probably threw that one. He probably only threw it like 20 times in that game, though. Right. The offense is totally different now. Yeah, I just I just mean that like. Parker, like theoretically, Parker is like not the wide receiver prototype that crushes with with Tua. Um, I think I mean, he's a great. I think he's a great play. I'm just on a on a slate where I think ownership is going to be even higher than we see on a normal slate. Like I think Parker, Parker and Davis are going to be like fifty percent ownership combined. And so we either we either just eat them. Um, or we find avenues uh, around them because price is, is essentially irrelevant at this well, point. It would probably be Gaskin then because, I mean, the, the spread is massively in Miami's, fa- Miami's favor. The Jets aren't projected to score any points. Yeah, but Gaskin's going to catch ownership now, especially if Malcolm Brown's out. Yeah. I don't know. You, you seem to talk down Parker a lot for a guy who – had 85 yards a couple of weeks ago, 81 to start the year, 77. In a I'm not. I'm not saying Parker's a bad play. Right. No. Yeah, I'm, it's just devil's I'm, advocate. I'm saying is Parker higher owned than he should be? Right. He is a dolphin. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, then, well, then for cash, for then for cash, you play him. And I mean, there's going to be like 80 percent combined ownership between the Bills wide receiver three a Miami Dolphin, and a Jacksonville Jaguar. Just remember that for this slate. Like, if someone told you that week 15 of the NFL season, the three highest-owned players were going to be Gabriel Davis, Devontae Parker, and uh, James Robinson, who hadn't scored 10 fantasy points in, like, 11 weeks. Right. I would say, to be fair. I would tell them that I want a new simulation. <laughs> right. I still want a new simulation. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's really important to think about, I think that the chalk this week is pretty good. I think Gabriel Davis is a great value. I think Devontae Parker is a great value. I think James Robinson is a phenomenal value, but I do think they all exist in somewhat thin situations on their team. Um, the, the, the other thing I'll say is, so I was like super in love with Tua to start the week, like I said, but part of that was because it seemed like their entire running back room yeah. was going to be out. Uh, how much does that hurt Tua? And do you think no one else is really adjusting to that? They're just already take locked in. He's chalk. I mean, he's going to be the highest on quarterback. From but, but is he deserving of that? 
like no. unanimous chalk for cash. No. For no. cash. No. <laughs> Dude, they 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 dusted the Giants and beat them 20 to 9, you know? And he yeah. scored what? 17 fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good at his salary. <laughs> 17 fantasy points doesn't win you anything, though. Yeah. I mean, that's probably 3x value for, for DK Cash. Yeah, I mean, his two, two of his two ceiling games this year were against the Jags and Falcons, and they lost both of those games. And both of those games were, were reasonably high scoring. But it's like, if you play Tua, Scott, it gets you Najee, and it gets you Diggs. Right. Yeah, I don't really want that. Right. So it's like, why why play two of them? But people are still going to play him, and they're still going to play Najee and Diggs. It's a weird slate, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Carter, then. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with Jets. Yeah. My concern, Scott, is that they're that Coleman's back and they'll do some sort of rotation on early downs. I mean, like you said, Salah said significant role. And uh, so over Carter's prior five or last five games. He's a better play than Jeff Wilson. He averaged averaged (laughs) 14.7 carries, 7.3 targets, 20.5 XFP, 18.7 fantasy points for four quarters by XFP and fantasy points. That would rank best among all slate eligible running backs and he's just the rb38 so it's like okay tevin coleman is going to play okay his numbers were bolstered by non zach wilson quarterbacks and zach wilson is not good the matchup isn't great the jets aren't projected to score any points they're a dumpster fire okay led all slate eligible running backs based on his numbers over his last five games rb38 and it's like one of those things where it's like okay you could bake in a number of of, of, of reasons why that should regress and it's still like yeah and no one wants to play him i mean i will say yeah, he'll get owned yeah zach wilson has not checked down to his running backs like you know mike white and flacco did exactly but, i mean but it, i was gonna mike say white Rick was, was doing it out of like a super breezy and oh uh, yeah i mean that was that was not sustainable but what i was gonna say is like last week you know no eli moore no Corey davis ty johnson got seven targets so that's that's the one thing with Carter this week is I, I do think they're going to rotate the the running the early down stuff between Coleman and, and Carter, but I think I think Carter has a chance to get more targets than usual because they just don't they don't have anything else. I mean, Braxton Berrios is out here getting ten targets. I think he'll catch a little bit of ownership though because he he projects well. So people who are just clicking buttons in an optimizer are going to get some some Carter. So the, the hand builders are not going to be on Carter here? Nah, man. <laughs> hand builders aren't playing Jets. <laughs> <laughs> hand builders don't play Jets. Uh, all right. Do you want to make an argument for Braxton Berrios or Jamison Crowder in a slot funnel? Nope. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no. Yeah, Berrios was part-time last week, too. Bugs Bunny, no mean. Yeah, and he still had double-digit targets, so. Zach Wilson must fucking hate uh, Crowder. No, I mean, Crowder had the same target share as Elijah before last week. Yeah, no, I know. It's just Barrios was – dude, Barrios was fourth on the receiver in routes last week, yeah. fourth. He was behind DJ Montgomery, guy they brought up from, I think, Austin Peavy. 
Dolphins defense uh, going to be the highest scoring Dolphin. <laughs> they're going to blitz the shit out of Wilson, man. Oh, uh, they're going to dust them. Yeah, I put this in uh, the game hub, but like uh, Dolphins are second blitz rate, and Zach Wilson is dead last in completion rate and uh, second from last in YPA against the blitz. I, I will say if Zach Wilson scores 70 fantasy points, I will win a million dollars because I will be the only person with a single Zach Wilson line. Super contrarian. Is that over? Is that like a best ball thing? Like over four weeks, you want 70 points from Zach Wilson? Because you can get there in maybe a month. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, this, this is like one of the higher defensive projections I've seen on a defense like yeah. this year. Yeah, and they're they're not going to be that owned, which is kind of kind of surprising. Yeah, especially on a slate where you can we can do whatever we want. Yeah, well, I mean, people are going to play. People are going to play the Bills. They're going to play the Jags. They're going to play Dallas. People aren't going to get up to to Miami, and I mean, they're easily the highest projection by a good bit. Yeah, they've been playing much much better as of late too. Now that their secondary is healthier. It's allowed them to blitz a shit ton more. That's why they're getting way more sacks, way more pressures. Um, all right, you guys, let's move it on here. Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, another huge favorite here in this early window. Cowboys are 11 point favorites, over under 44 and a half. Um, obviously, we're waiting on news with Tony Pollard. Um, he's coming off a torn plantar fascia. Uh, he said he feels better this week, but he's a game time call. Um, and on the Giants' side, I mean, you, you know what the problem is. They're just completely, completely falling apart here. Sterling Shepard's questionable. He's got a calf. Uh, Tony's out. He's got COVID, and they have two guys in their secondary, Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney, their free safety, both have COVID. Um, so, I mean, you know, Dallas obviously really struggled last week offensively. Dak is not playing well. But uh, this is like the ultimate bounce back spot of bounce back spots. I mean, the, the Giants offered no resistance last week to the Chargers. Um, Johnny, I know you're kind of in on, it sounds like you're really just making your decisions between Murray, Allen, and, uh, and, and Rogers. But I know you and I were both on Dak last week and that, that failed miserably. But um, any interest in, in going back here? Not if he, it, I think he's going to, get ownership um the more and more the week goes on um so i had listened to um jane slater on uh around the nfl like maybe two weeks ago or whatever and was saying that there there's like conversations in the cowboys like front office that dak's like worried about the the calf uh and the ankle and that he's just like playing like his head isn't right he's like worried about stuff and i was like that's not real. And then like the, and then like the following two weeks, he just like looked like total dust. Um, well, and his, I think she's right. Yeah. I mean, his two picks last week were some of the worst. I mean, there was Zach Wilson asking he, that first one, he completely sailed. And then the second one, I mean, the, the linebacker was right there. He just didn't, yeah. didn't see him. And then Steve Young was saying the same thing. Like when you, when you're like playing hurt there, like there's times where you're just not right. So I think, I think he's playing hurt and I think it's uh, he's just not playing well. Um, especially, I don't know if we know for sure on, on Pollard. Um, but if they, if they have Pollard back, um, I think I'm just, I think I'm just out. Cause I don't think, 
I don't think they're going to push it with Zach or with Dak um, if, if the Giants don't show up. Yeah. Michael Gelkin um, just had a tweet. He said he's uh, Pollard's questionable. It's more encouraging than last week. Uh, and if the team is encouraged, they'll probably elevate um, elevate them. So we'll, we'll know tomorrow. If they bring up somebody from the practice squad, then Pollard's not going to play. Um, I should also mention Tyron Smith is out. Um, he's he messed up his ankle again, and I think some of the Tyron Smith stuff has been overblown. But I mean, this year the splits have been crazy, crazy bad with uh, without Tyron Smith. I mean, I mean it might not matter this week because it's the Giants, but that's another smaller ding against Dak here if he's not right. Uh, I think uh, for, you want to talk GPPs. I, I think you can kind of get. I mean, like how many people were saying Travis Kelsey is cooked, Travis Kelsey's old, and then he blew up for 50 fantasy points last week. I think you can always just play a Dak Prescott and hope it all comes flood, flooding back. And he's, I, just, I think he's going to be, he's going to be the third highest owned quarterback on the slate. All right. Well then, then fair enough. You know, who is an amazing leverage play? If you say uh, Zeke Elliott, I'm logging off. Wes Huber is number one. <laughs> running back play of the slate on FanDuel is Zeke. That's that's not factoring in ownership. That's just, or maybe it is, I don't know. But yeah, Zeke is his number one play. Uh, people, so yeah, he's cooked. He's dust. He's hurt. He's hurt. He doesn't look good. Uh, the Corey Clement thing is overblown. Um, he- because they were up 24 nothing at halftime, and that's yeah, the stats. Nah, nah, I watched that game, and I went back through the game logs too, man. Clement, Clement was – it was a full rotation, and that game was still in question too. Damn. All right. Well, then, uh, so, so much for that. I will say – As someone who owned 100% Zeke Elliott last week, trust oh, me. Boy. Corey Clement made me want to fucking blow my brains out, dude. <laughs> boy. Man. He's I, hurt, he, man. He can't – the problem is, is it's like, if if Zeke is going to come out as soon as they have a lead, then you can't play him. Like even if, even if that's the entire is, reason you want to play Zeke is to right. have a lead and they have leverage. <laughs> yeah, it looks um, like he had he had one touch in the first quarter, and then he got the first two drives of the second. Dude, Zeke caught one of six targets. He like no. can't he can't move. He can't no. move. He looks. Dude. so bad and he's hurt all they have to do is shut him down yeah and, and I mean, so yeah i said i said this a couple of weeks ago and they were playing the saints but he had a run where it was just like a massive lane to the outside and like he seriously looked like he was 260 pounds i mean it's not his fault he should not be out there but that the cowboys should have shut him down weeks ago but i, I can't play i can't play a dude that that is that like legitimately this hurt uh well we could just easily pivot to the other side then because Saquon Barkley is also still dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, I don't think he looks right. It's also a trash team led by Mike freaking Glennon. Davis Maddock was saying that that Barkley's touchdown celebration last week was the saddest thing that he's ever watched in the NFL (laughs) history. Was he just like (laughs) flipped the ball of a referee? The game was just like the, the season's just like over. (laughs) <laughs> just like scores a touchdown from mike glennon <laughs> <laughs> on a fucking gorgeous route too by the way you look you look great there sorry scott go ahead <laughs> i mean uh 
Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I really have little interest in Saquon. He's going to get definitely ownership. Uh, Zeke, at least you can make the argument, like he's leverage off of Dak and company. Um, but I, I mean, I do really like the wide receivers uh, quite a bit. I, I think this is an amazing matchup uh, for specifically Michael Gallup and uh, CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper is going to get the same matchup where Mike Williams was sort of held in check. He's going to get a James Bradbury shadow. CeeDee Lamb, uh, he's led the team's wide receivers in XFP in nine of the last 11 games, seeing you know easy wide receiver one volume. He's the wide receiver one in the team. Amari Cooper ranks 37th in XFP per game. Um, so he's just clearly the wide receiver one to me. Uh, with, with Bradbury on Cooper, um, he's going to get a, a 2020 UDFA named Jaron Williams in the slot who, who's played on 47 career snaps. Oh, baby. Um, he's been running 82% of his routes from the slot over the last two weeks. Um, Giants are a top slot funnel. They've been a top slot funnel. And now this guy is starting and he's absolute trash. Uh, Michael Gallup also has a favorable matchup. Uh, and I think people are sleeping on him as sort of like, he's very Devonte Parker. He's, he's kind of like, Devonte Parker, but whatever he is, 1500 more expensive, uh, which, which is to say, if like you look at his per game splits, uh, you can really sell yourself. Uh, he ranks eighth among all slate eligible wide receivers in XFP per game. Uh, he ranks 25th in salary. Uh, the production hasn't really been there, but there's a few things uh, that, that need to get factored into that. Uh, he, he got hurt his first game. He was limited in his second game. Uh, he's also had uh, 11.2 fantasy points negated due to penalty. That's just like luck. That's a really high number for a guy who's played as few games as him. Add all that up, it's like 14.6 fantasy points per four quarters. That would rank 13th best on the slate. Uh, and like I said, the, the matchup is, is great. Um, not as good as Lambs, but it, it's, it's another favorable matchup. Um, and no one's going to play him. But uh, yeah, I mean, Lamb is the, is the guy that makes the most sense. Lamb or Diggs? Definitely Lamb. Yeah, Lamb. Because it'll be he'll be half half his own, maybe less. I think Zeke will be owned again. I mean, projection models are still gonna, you know, put Zeke as one of the top five or six in like total projection, just because they're such a big favorite. Yeah, and there's a couple. There's a couple projection. Uh, ownership projection stuff that I've been looking at, and Zeke is drawing 25% on FanDuel right now. Oh my god, yeah, FanDuel, he's so so cheap. Yeah, he's 6,700. I mean, people are gonna want to click that. I mean, he could he could fall into the end zone a couple times, right? He could do that, but that's like that's all he's got. I think that's your bait, like that's the best case scenario at this point, Scott. Zeke or Gaskin on FanDuel, yeah. Uh, I don't know, pro probably Zeke, but I, I, I need to consider it more. Ugh. I'd probably play Gaskin. But, I, I mean, I just – I I think if, if Zeke has any type of ownership, I just don't think I can play him at all. Uh, all right, you guys want to move on here? Titans, Steelers. I don't know if you guys uh, said anything. I, my my speaker turned off, so sorry about that. Nah, you're, you're all good. Um, yeah, Titans Steelers. Let's move it on here. This game's a pick 'em. 
Uh, Over-under is 42. Uh, again, uh, this is like one of the only games that doesn't really have much COVID problems as of right now. Uh, Titans um, are pretty clean on the injury report. Steelers look like they're going to get Joe Hayden back um, so he can lock down Julio Jones and further solidify that Julio is complete dust. Um, yeah, call this week to Najee or not to Najee. Scott, what do you think? I'd say no. No Najee? No, I mean, it's, it's a, it was easier when, when Cup was on the slate. I, I just wanted to pay up for Cup and Adams, but uh, it's a pretty brutal matchup for Najee. Um, I, I just don't really like the game environment. It doesn't excite me. Um, is he, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Deontay Johnson is, is definitely someone who's nearing must play status for me at this point, uh, especially in cash. He's just rock solid and dependable. Um, by XFP, I thought this stat was really cool. Uh, he's seeing the best volume or the second best volume of any wide receiver since at least 2008. He's behind only Calvin Johnson's 204 target 2012 season. Uh, Double-digit targets in 20 of his last 22 games with Big Ben under center, adjusting for injuries and that that one game he got benched. Um, he's, he's seeing the best volume of any player in fantasy by XFP per game. Insanely consistent. Um, just just a, a monster. You know, we talk about every single week. He's a little too cheap. He finally bumped him up, but he's still too cheap. You know, I've been saying he needs to be like 1,200 more, and now he's just 700 more. Tennessee is a great matchup. Uh, second worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Sixth worst to wide receiver ones. Eighth worst to outside wide receivers. Um, yeah. Uh, so if, if you're going to let me be conspiratorial for a second, which you know I, I like to do. Something I think is interesting, uh, I mean, I'm not going to play him, but I just like want to talk about it, is so Tennessee is far and away the, league, the, the most vulnerable slot matchup in football. They're giving up the most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers by a landslide. Uh, so, Ray Ray, uh, Ray, Ray McPoppet. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so if you look at the games he's actually done something, it was last week when Chase Claypool got briefly benched and it was week 10 when Chase Claypool sat out. And so I'm wondering, what do you think the chances are Claypool gets benched this week after getting benched and then costing the team the game? Yeah. I mean, Tomlin came out and said that he benched him in that third quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, do you think he's learned his last time? He's like, apparently not. <laughs> I mean, he's... I, you know, poor guy. I mean, he got to totally dunked on on Twitter. Like, people were taking that shit. I mean, he deserved far. that. That was – I thought that was – Yeah, he, he, people took it way too far. It was Especially, one of the dumbest – that was one of the dumbest lack of awareness things I've ever seen. It was, but, I mean, if everybody's going to go and – Imagine being a Giants fan and, like, saying that was the dumbest lack of awareness thing you've ever right, seen. Right, right. <laughs> you watched Eli Manning for 12 years, dude, and then now you're watching Daniel he's, Jones. He's hey, that is, that is two-time Super Bowl winning – quarterback That's, Eli Manning right. <laughs> and NFL leading fumbler Daniel Jones <laughs> yeah yeah no I think I'm not Scott I think you're on the right the right thought 
um, with Claypool. I mean, he's certainly – if he fucks up again, Tomlin's going to be done with him. I mean, what, what if you just sit him the first quarter? Because Mike Tomlin is like the no-nonsense, gruff – if they, but if they said Claypool, wouldn't it be Washington? Washington's been his replacement. Uh, he caught a touchdown that third quarter too when Claypool was on the sidelines, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's just a McLeod's snap share is like all, all over the place, but it, it jumped to 85% last week with the benching. It jumped to 70% when he was out. And the rest of the time, it was like anywhere between like 20 and 50%. And it's just he's like the, the perfect spot matchup. But he's like a strict, like three yards in a cloud of dust guy. Like that's his role. Yeah, I mean, he's always been like a manufactured touch kind of guy. Right. He he also stinks, but it, it's just right. uh, it's just I don't know. I like these conspiratorial plays. There's there's a lot of them this week. Um, I think if if you have if you want to go conspiratorial, I'd still play Washington just because, like, he has a forty yard touchdown in his range of outcomes where I don't I don't think McLeod does. Right. That that's a good reframing. Uh, also, even also, the- Ray McLeod is not Big Ben's fishing buddy. So, I mean, there's, there's that too. We, we don't have the fishing. There That's true. That's true. Jay Wash does fish with Big Ben. It is. Did you um, imagine fishing with Big Ben? Like, <laughs> he's, he's out there moving like a big piece of fish. <laughs> Flapping around like a bass. <laughs> big Ben has, Big Ben has like the opposite of the agility of a bluefin tuna, whatever the opposite of that is. You know what's crazy is I watched a clip <laughs> the other day. Him against Buffalo for maybe his like fourth year in the league, he had moves. He was awesome. He was he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was unbelievable at moving the pocket. Now he's like he's like Brady wearing a fat suit. Dude, he's well, he is he's got to be pushing two seventy five right now. I mean, he's he's like a small he just doesn't out there. there. He just doesn't yeah, care. the problem is is he's like still trying to play like he used to play, and he has no arm strength, and he's also fat. <laughs> um. We got to talk Donta Foreman, and then is there anyone even remotely in play on Tennessee's side besides him? I'm gonna play Julio again. Yeah, are you? Yeah, I, they he look. Looks, he looks super cooked per every film expert I talked to. Yeah, I mean he's had one good game this year, and he, he was limited last week, and that was my concern. Uh, 23 routes on 39 dropbacks. So if you want to hang your hat on something, I, I do think he's going to play a little bit more this week just because they need him to. But yeah, I mean, that, he got six targets on 20 routes. So is, is this the worst run defense ever? Dalvin Cook was running through the biggest holes I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Don, I mean, Dante Foreman's in play. Absolutely. I mean, he's a, a good play. Yeah. And people aren't going to play him because, like, his snap share was so low, even though it's, like, when he's on the field, he's getting yeah. like, the, the Derrick Henry role, in a sense, when, when he's on the field. Well, that, that game, you know, last week against the Jags, seven of McNichols' eight touches came in that fourth quarter. So when the game was close, it was, it was Foreman and, and Hilliard. McNichols was just, like, the, the cleanup guy. Yeah, it was a 20 nothing blowout through the first three quarters. He got 13 of 20 carries. Yeah. Uh, and so he'll get that. I mean, it's that that's what sucks is, but uh, I mean, just the matchup's insane. Pittsburgh is getting destroyed by running backs. I just, I just wish they used Foreman a little, little bit more in the passing game, like just a, like a little more. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But. 
Yeah, it's not. Hilliard ran more routes than last week, but that, that's my only concern. He's a good play, though. Scott, I'm starting to get, uh, start forming against you in uh, our flex league playoff. Or is that all play still? Do you know? Oh, I, I pay no attention to trivial, you know, zero dollars. <laughs> I don't There's not any money on the line. once this year. <laughs> Foreman will outscore Jeff Wilson, though. Yeah. I mean, who that's, won't? That's, that's, an, that's easy, though. We were all Scott, we Scott were all Foreman or Michael Carter? Jeff Wilson. <laughs> here's the here's the thing about jeff wilson is i said that so many times last year and jeff wilson had a 35 fantasy point game a 30.4 fantasy point per game two more over 20 he's and not like, healthy this year yeah he barely yeah. played four games yeah no he was good last year because he was healthy he's still dealing with this knee yeah. thing now yeah and he D-Bos are running back now yeah. well it's just like I don't think Wilson is like able to do like Shanahan has these like crazy run plays that he likes to do where like you're in motion and there's like a toss back and that kind of thing. And it's just like, I think Wilson is so dust this year that he just like can't do those. So he just has Debo do them instead. I think I mentioned this last week, but Wilson said his knee flared up two weeks ago. And I mean, he's just, he's just playing through it right now. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, yeah, it's really just Deontay, Najee, and Foreman. Julio for tournaments. Um, <clears throat> oh, Fire Muth. Oh, yeah, Muth, yeah. I mean, he's he's super solid. He, he's, he Really good touchdown equity, which is what you want from a, a tight end. Uh, he's just been super, super solid, super money. I think he's cheap. Like, the, the game stacks, like, obviously, I don't want to play Big Ben, but I think Tannehill game stacks in this game, I think, are – are, are live like i think there are like multiple stealers you want to play you can stack Tannehill. you could stack Tannehill with just two stealers if you want to i mean he's mobile enough or Tannehill and julio and two stealers this is a game where like everyone likes the stealers as one-offs but no one's going to stack this game yeah i mean the, the steelers collapse defensively definitely makes the titans live here that's for sure I mean, West, or, West loves Big Ben this week. I was just going to say, can you play Big Ben? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like that more than Tannehill for sure. He I mean, turned back into a pumpkin without Derrick Henry, surprising no one. I mean, I guess you can play. Well, I mean, he also had no A.J. Brown, no Julio. You know, it's been Right, of course. Rough. Rough. I was so – last week, though, like he had Julio for that touchdown and ran it in himself selfish asshole <laughs> yeah i mean this this is like one of the few close games on the slate um yep. ben has been okay for for two you know two or three i mean three of his last four games have been fine the only game that he sucked was the one where everyone played him against the bengals so you know i mean everyone likes like six players from this game but no one's gonna stack it so I think it's it's a it's a game that I'm considering stacking. Ben is averaging 43.8 pass attempts and losses, and 32 in wins. So uh, Foreman plus Ben plus Deontay plus whatever. Yeah, I mean they've all, <clears throat> they've also had a fire move. 
Big Ben's thrown it 40 over 40 times in three of the last four just because their defense has been getting just completely shit on too. The only the only game he didn't throw it for 40 plus is against the Ravens, and that's because the Ravens offense melted in that game. It's just so. that game. What's that? The Ravens offense has just melted in that game. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> They've been melting for months now, but true meltdown there. Uh, all right, guys, we got to get a little bit of move on here. Um, Bengals, Broncos. Uh, Bengals are three-point favorites over unders 44. A little bit of a scare this week with Javante Williams. He had a knee injury on Thursday, uh, mispractice, but Fangio just said a couple hours ago he's fine, he's going to play. So it'll be uh, the same old 50-50 Javante Corden rotation here in a far worse uh, worse spot here against the Bengals. Um, uh, I, I think I said – did I say Bengals minus three? I'm going to say Broncos minus three. Um, Broncos are getting uh, getting some juice here. Um, <clears throat> man, um, Broncos are just impossible at this point. I mean, Bridgewater has gone from a game manager to a future clipboard, clipboard manager here. Um, so really, it just comes down to, to the Bengals side. Um, Scott, you got any, any strong takes on Mixon, Chase, any of these guys? Uh, yeah, so Mixon, I, I just think is, we, we just keep saying it, he's super game script dependent. He's not a bell cow. He's a highest end workhorse, uh, sort of like Derrick Henry, but, you know, watered down significantly. And uh, I don't think Cincinnati's going to win. Vegas doesn't think Cincinnati's going to win. And uh, uh, it's a really tough run defense, so I'm not really on him though he's one of those GPP plays where, you know, it swings the other direction. He could, he could hit big, but uh, yeah, I'm not really on him. And then chase versus Higgins. It's our, it's our weekly debate. I, I, I wrote that up already, but, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. The, for me, it's always like, I always want the lower owned of, of the two um, between chase and, and Higgins. Uh, last week I was, Chase was like my favorite guy to swap to on, on struggling teams. Uh, you had the 49ers missing cornerbacks, but with this week, it's like, these are two teams that are, they're going to run the ball. This game is like, I feel like 40, 44 is too high of a total. Um, you know, fire Zach Taylor, let us, let us get the Bengals throwing the ball. So I just don't really like this game at all. I don't think I really want much of, of either of, Higgins or Chase, and I, I think the field agrees. So, you know, if you can get one of those two right, I think this will be the lowest owned the Bengals wide receivers are in, you know, like 10 weeks. Yeah, I would lean Chase too. Um, I think I mentioned this, I mentioned this somewhere last week, but, you know, it was just like the deep ball luck was just completely fell apart uh, for Chase in his previous five or six games. And obviously we saw it, we saw that rebound last week, but, but I'm with you, Johnny. This, this, when I was writing this game up for Game Hub, um, I mean, the pace is just going to be awful here. <clears throat> I mean, Bengals have been playing slow all year, and Denver has been playing much, much slower as of late. Um, their play volumes dip too. Um, they're dead last in pace when leading, and uh, Vegas thinks they uh, they're going to be leading in this game. It's it's a pretty ugly game, honestly. Yeah. So Higgins is significantly cheaper than Chase. He averages twenty six DK fantasy points per game over his last three games. Chase averages 10.6 over his last five. Like, how is Higgins? Okay, Chase is the better player, but he's not the better play when he's getting 
safety help on every single route he's running, whereas Higgins is neglected to the other side of the field. That's the argument for Higgins. How I wrote it up was, I think Higgins is definitely the better value, like just pure analyze the play value. But I think there's a lot of value this week. And so Higgins value isn't as scarce as Chase's upside, where there's like no upside, it feels like, or like slate breaking upside without Cup now. And so that makes me lean more towards Chase, even though Higgins might be the optimal on paper. Uh, and really just like seriously, he's left so many fantasy points on the table with these drops, uh, which is something that has to regress towards the mean, right? Like it's, he, he was averaging 20 plus fantasy points per game up until week seven. And then at a minimum, he'd be averaging 20 fantasy points per game since if he caught all of those drop passes at a minimum and maybe somewhere 31.1 fantasy points per game. And it honestly feels like that based on, you know, no one in front of him when he drops these deep balls. Uh, and so like massive, massive upside that, you know, maybe isn't totally baked into ownership and pricing. Um, and it's, it's just one of those tricky things, man. I, I just, you could also say no, no one. I mean, Burrow played like shit until the fourth quarter and he has a dislocated pinky. Yeah. But uh, I think it's one of the toughest questions of the slate. I just, it's just, that's just, that's all I have, you know, make your own decisions, but it's a tough one for me. I think yeah. Burrow played fine in the first half, except that his coach wouldn't let him play. Just running Mixon in the line for two were, yards. Yeah, they were way too conservative. Yeah, Mick, Mixon was hurt too, it seemed. He, did, he didn't look right. Chase should have had a touchdown early in that game too. Um, that was a really thin bring he back. He overturned it. And then there was another drop in overtime, right? I remember, I don't remember another don't remember drop. Another drop. I just know that Mixon could barely get any yards. The you know, 49ers are missing all their corners. Zach Taylor is over his head and it's time to fire him. You know, I mean, you're throwing for 10 yards per attempt and still running for two yards per carry. I mean, your guy is a dislocated pinky, but yeah. Threw for 10 yards per attempt, crushed them. I mean, Did you he? know, it's, it's, yeah. 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 Burrow was nails in that game. I mean, he was smashing. Yeah. 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 You're, that's a good point. Um, all right. Falcons 49ers. We got about 20 minutes here, guys. Um, Niners are nine point favorites over unders 46 and a half. Uh, Niners just ruled out Eli Mitchell. He's got that concussion and a knee problem. So we will get Jeff Wilson back again this week, but yeah, plenty of Debo running back again. Uh, now, that's been my theory is like, you know, if Eli Mitchell's out, then Shanahan's going to just game plan Debo as a running back and basically not game plan him at all as a receiver and especially now that George Kittle is completely fine he just had like a slight knee problem on Wednesday um with Kittle balling with Iuke out of the doghouse like they can just you know Shanahan can just go to his other guys now so that's that's my theory on why Debo is not getting any targets um Falcons excuse me Falcons have been clean uh, for a couple of weeks injury wise and that's the case again here um god damn excuse me um Please don't take the Lord's name in vain. Thank you. Uh, Johnny, I was going to ask you this question before we got the, uh, before Cooper Cup, you know, when Cooper Cup was on the slate. And so now it's even more pressing now. I remember 
in cash one week a couple of years ago, we both agreed Julio Jones, who was chalk, was not a good play because of this specific shadow cornerback matchup, but he was chalk. And you said, I know he's not a, a good play, but I'm playing him anyway because he has massive bury me upside and everyone else is playing him. And then that cornerback got hurt in like the fifth snap of the game. Julio dropped 40 fantasy points. And I've, I've, I've thought about this every single week. George Kittle, regardless of whether what you think of him as a play, does he have bury you upside? And like how Kittle, chalky Kittle's is like be? Kittle's like the best play on the slate. Yeah. I mean, with with how they're using him when Mitchell is out, they're using Kittle as like their feature receiver. They're not really using him in the run game because they're not really running the ball. Um, you know, back-to-back weeks of 12 and 15 targets. Um, and uh, I mean – 7,500, you know, when, when these guys were at their peak, uh, we were paying 80, 80 something, you know, 8,500, 8,600 for, for Kittle and Kelsey back in the day, you don't really have a whole lot of options. So, you know, this is one of those slates where I don't, I don't need to punt at tight end. I'm just going to, just going to take the stud. He's the only stud that's really there. Um, so yeah, I think he's, he's probably my, I'll be massively overweight on him this week. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be what the, the highest second highest player of the slate he'll be the highest on tight end but i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna crack 20 percent. i i think i think you're gonna see it may change i think adams kittle is everyone has that that may become the chalk yeah no that that just totally yeah that's i mean that's probably gonna change it to where he'll be he'll be really highly on i mean I if I'm playing cash games, I'm I'm playing, I'm playing Kittle. Um, you know that that game where Kittle did nothing against the the Vikings. You know Elijah Mitchell played and and he smashed. So you know I don't I don't I'm not really concerned about that happening. Uh, what one guy I didn't write up yet? Uh, I think he might be the last guy. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. I mean. So, so he has leverage off of Kittle, who we just established is going to be super chalky. And really what, what you're vying for is like the number one receiver role in a Shanahan offense, which has been a narrative in the fantasy community for like, since Mike Shanahan was a head coach. And so uh, the top scoring receiver uh, by every single team averaged out uh, in each week over the full season San Francisco ranks second most, 25.8 fantasy points per game. What if that's just Ayuk this week? Yeah, I like Ayuk quite a bit, man. <clears throat> the three games that Mitchell's missed, and we've seen Debo in that running back role. The Jags game, <clears throat> uh, uh, C- no, Debo didn't play against the Seahawks, so it's two games. Uh, so Jags game, Bengals game last week, he's got seven and 11 targets, uh, seven catches, six catches. Falcons are, are awful. So, I mean, I, I like Ayuk quite a bit this week. And especially, you know, Kittle's a really strong play, but if he's going to be mega chalk, like Johnny was saying, um, then I, I think that that makes even more sense with Ayuk. What if it what if it just goes back to Debo? What if Debo is it goes back to being that guy? Plus, he gets like nine carries. I mean, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be cashing some serious checks in my in my fantasy leagues. I definitely yeah, maybe maybe Debo, maybe Debo has bury you upside. 
Dude, he's he's got two touchdown upside, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's like he has to get them on such limited touches in this role. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he gets both. Maybe he gets the carries and he goes back to being old Debo, and no one plays him, and everyone plays Kittle, and then you make all the money. I just don't think so. I, I the only yeah. path the only pathway for that happening, Scott, is like the Falcons have to show up and keep the Niners' foot on the gas. That's about the only way that happens. The thing is, is like Debo is running. So the 49ers uh, threw it 48 times last week. Debo is on the field for 40 of those. I mean, he, he was a full-time, like he was running routes. He just was not involved in the game plan. That was Kittle and Ayuk. Um, maybe, he, maybe, he, maybe he hasn't been fully healthy. Now he's and that's what I was just about to say. You could make the narrative that, that Debo maybe wasn't fully healthy, but then if he wasn't, then why is he running? You know, why is he playing his normal, you know, why does he have his normal route share? I don't know. You're 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 looking at a two week sample size. I'm looking at a ten week sample size. And I'm I think the Elon I think Elon Mitchell being out is why we should be looking at the, the last couple of weeks. Because yeah, when Mitchell changes. was in there, when Mitchell was in there, man, he was getting literally every single running back carry. Now Shanahan to, to what Proctor was saying earlier, you know. She, Shanahan wants to run like wide zone. He wants to stretch. <clears throat> he wants to stretch the field horizontally with speed. And Debo's got so much juice. I mean, Jeff Wilson doesn't. So well, I, well, the the rushing thing came in week ten when Elijah Mitchell played, and he had uh, I don't know twelve rushing fantasy points, and he had like twenty five receiving fantasy points. Yeah, that was that Rams game, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there was a big drop off in target volume. George Kittle just did something uh, no other tight end in history has ever done. Kittle was back for that Rams game, right? Because he missed. Yeah, he was back. Yeah. Okay. He scored a touchdown. Yeah. And then he saw four targets and he saw two targets and then he exploded out of nowhere. And he's the chalkiest tight end. And we talk all the time about how. The chalkiest tight end flops every single time, but YOLO. Yeah. It's uh, a tricky slate. I think yeah. it's going to depend on how chalky he ends up being. I think that's really what it comes I, Yeah, to. I was going to say on FanDuel, I think Ertz, because Ertz is so cheap, I think Ertz is going to draw some ownership for sure. But, so like if Kittle's going to be like 30% owned, then I think there's you know avenues to getting around him. Uh, in cash games, though, I think you, you just have to eat that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, final game, Packers-Ravens. Uh, Packers are six-point favorites. This has been moving in their favor all week with no Lamar. Uh, over-unders 43-and-a-half. Sounds like Lamar could play. Yeah. Wait, we, I'm sorry, can we go back to Atlanta real quick? Sure. Uh, I mean, we need to talk about Corderell Patterson. Just if you look at his production this year in games healthy since, like, week two, uh, he should be priced – you know, basically exactly where Najee Harris is, and he's still not. Uh, He saw the best volume he's seen in any week thus far by XFP last week. Also inexplicably saw uh, fewer, as many targets and fewer routes than Mike Davis. Makes no sense to me, but Mm -hmm. highest XFP of the week. That's like moved moved him to like their RB1 role. Well, Scott, the, the, Mike Davis. Rather than uh, wide receiver running back hybrid, you mean? Yeah, he's now just like a running back. 
Yeah, Scott, that that Mike Davis thing has been has been a thing for a month now. Mike Davis has ran more routes than CPAT in four straight games. <laughs> that blows my mind. Why? Well, it's because Mike Davis is such a bad runner and CPAT looks amazing. I mean, they, they, the Falcons, you know, they have no juice at wide receivers, so they're just running the ball, man. Like, yeah. they're just like, fuck they, they have no <laughs> bodies left, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, CPAT has also basically been like, dj moore not dj moore but like somewhere along those lines as a pass catcher so but um, no, I'm, I'm with you but it's just yeah, I, w- I think i think i wonder if sorry i wonder if by xfp it's showing this role to be more valuable but to a player like Corderell patterson like i just don't all think you can i don't think you can get 15 carries and run every route like i just don't think right. a player is able to do that yep. and wide receiver routes which he was sometimes running right so earlier he was getting you know like six seven eight carries and running you know 25 routes or 20 routes or whatever i think you can't give him 12 carries and run 25 routes it's just you know too much yeah yeah Yeah. well also uh he uh, he leaves behind two straight bottom 10 matchups gets a top 10 matchup on paper this week uh russell gage is one of my favorite plays of the slate He's been yeah. real solid as of late. Yeah, Patterson's also the goal line back, so that's something that people really have sort of glossed over. CPAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, you're right. We're we're running out of time, so I'll just uh, <laughs> uh, something I noticed with the schedule for Russell Gage is he's had the toughest schedule of any player in fantasy. I'm pretty sure only three of his ten games have come against opponents who did not rank top 12 in fantasy points per game allowed to slot wide receivers. Um, if you, sorry, yeah, my speaker messed up. But anyway, uh, so in, in the favorable matchups, one fantasy points per game. Uh, this is a top three easy matchup. Uh, it's a tough one for Kyle Pitts. So uh, yeah, I like him. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Pitts can't get it done in easy matchups at this point, man. So it's a great coverage scheme matchup, according to Wes as well. Yeah. Kyle Pitts gets the X button again. Y'all. Yeah, I've been betting Pitts unders like since like week six. And last week was the first week it didn't hit. And it got there. <laughs> yeah, it got there with like a bullshit play, too. Um, all right. Last game here. Uh, like I said, we got to kind of rush this one here. Um, it's fine though, because it's a simple game. Packers, Ravens. <clears throat> Johnny, you were saying the there's a chance. Game. What's that? I feel like this is the most important game. They're saying uh, there's a chance Lamar can play. Yeah. If Lamar plays, then it obviously changes everything. I, he didn't practice all week, though. And I mean, if he's dealing with an ankle injury and can't be Lamar, then I don't see why they would push him. But obviously, they have all the playoff reasons to, to do so. The, the way the Ravens run, like if Lamar says he can play, they'll let him play. I mean, they just sort of sort of let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah Hasn't so worked the, out for Zeke, but, you know. Yeah. I, I will say um, Edwin and a couple other uh, people were saying that Lamar's injury was, like, not super serious. And if he misses any time, it'll just be a week. So at least from the outset, we've known that it's not going to be, like, a multi-week thing. But yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's a low ankle. Um, I think he, you know, it is a low ankle. Yeah, so I don't think he can really necessarily like make it 
like worse. It's just a matter of like how effective he's going to be, which if he can't really run, I don't know. I mean, it's probably still better than Tyler Huntley though. Yeah, it's definitely still better than Huntley, but yeah, that'd be my concern is he's not going to be able to run at all. Um, other notes I have in this game, Aaron Jones was sick yesterday. Uh, I saw him pop up with a knee. He missed some snaps late in that game against the Bears on Monday night too, uh, but he's fine. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been limited with the back injury all week. Um, I mean, regardless though, I mean, Scott, this is like just the eruption spots of all eruption spots for Devontae. Yeah. And, and MVS, uh, they're, uh, they're both up against, uh, a number of, you know, backup to practice squad caliber, uh, perimeter cornerbacks. The, the slot corner is really good matchup for Alan Lazard. Uh, they're the worst team against the deep ball. That's obviously really good for Devontae Adams. MVS, he ranks third in air yards per game over the last four weeks. He ranks fourth over the full season in deep targets per game. He's positively correlated with Devontae Adams um, historically over the past two seasons. That's when you really want to play Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, the dub, that dub stack precisely so he hits his ceiling rather than you just play Adams and soak up everything and he doesn't post a tournament winning ceiling um those are the guys I'm looking at I don't have a take on the running backs just yet but but maybe you guys have something good so no but my narrative is that Rodgers is now like number two in the MVP race I mean we're basically down to like Rodgers and and Brady and so Rodgers has sort of worked his way back into the MVP race and just look at his last three weeks. He's like every single day he's telling you that his toe is broken and it hurts so bad and it's so hard. And then he goes out and throws four touchdowns. And it's like, this dude cares so much about himself that like, it's just amazing. So I think he knows that he's back in the MVP race you know, he throws four touchdowns and, you know, you look at the score against the bears and like, it looks like it was closer, but that game was never really close. Throws four touchdowns, you know, 340 yards. So, you know, this Ravens defense is really, really, really bad. So, I mean, I think Rogers can just show up and just dust them and, you know, continue racing Brady for, for MVP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Ravens. <clears throat> Ravens have not been good all year, and now they've they're without all their good corners. Yeah, it's a great spot for Rodgers and Adams. Scott, my one concern with MVS is this back injury, man. He's been limited all week with it. Yeah, and I never want to play MVS when he's playing through some sort of injury. Yeah, no. I mean Lazard showed up after MVS was a little limited last week and and balled out. So I think yeah. they're both in play sort of somewhat, but I would lean Lazard being in here. If you want to play Aaron Jones, you, the, you know, the, the way to do it is I think he can be a part of, of Rogers double stacks too, because he's a receiver and a receiver first. He got dinged up in that game against the bears last week um, and just didn't come back in the fourth quarter because it was so out of hand. But, uh, but yeah, I got three targets again, you know, caught a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think Aaron Jones is, is live for Rogers Dubstacks too. I think Mark Andrews is in play with Huntley or Lamar. Uh, we've seen that Huntley really likes to throw to tight ends uh, dating back to preseason. So I don't think his yeah. 
his his target share is going to go up with Huntley, even if the efficiency is going to go down. So I think his projection shouldn't change all that much. Yeah, eight catches, seventy three yards in that game with Huntley against uh, against the Bears a couple weeks ago, and then obviously he just went ham last week. Um, all right, <clears throat> that's going to do it, guys. We don't have time for a lineup. Sorry about that, y'all. Um, but you know, we just talked two hours through a nine game slate, so. Uh, weirdest, have... weirdest nine game slate I've ever seen. Yeah, by far. Uh, and next week, by the way, next week is is going to be even weirder with all this COVID stuff. I mean, it's just going to get worse. Um, but that'll do it. Um, so Joe and Tom are going to be on here talking bets in about five minutes. They'll be on your screen. They'll be in your earballs again. Thirty uh, percent off uh, early bird sales. Uh, hop on it now. This is the cheapest we're going to be for the 22, uh, 2022 season. Uh, good time to get your uh, go and get your subscription in. We're going to be doing a lot of cool shit um, as always in the off season, bringing up some more best ball stuff. Scott and I will always be doing our, our off season studies and all of that. So make sure you hop in on that for 2022 and uh, yeah, stick in, uh, hang around, uh, watch Joe and Tom talk through some bets and tilt their faces off just like we did through this slate. Um, it's been fun guys for Scott, for Johnny, for Ben behind the glass. I'm Graham. We'll catch you guys next week for Christmas Eve.